Well, the equities had their Wheaties this morning. Corn, soybeans, not so much. Kind of wheat. Does wheat eat Wheaties? Well, that seems a little weird. Never mind all that. We've got plenty of other stuff to talk about right here on this morning's Agritalk. Live all by myself. Again, via Farm Journal broadcast, this is Agritalk. This morning, it's our Friday Free-for-All with panelist Jim Wiesmeyer from Real Ag Radio, Sean Haney, and we also welcome Chris Gibbs. I'm your handsome host this morning, Davis Michelson, behind the big green leafy microphone of Agritalk here. And if I can get my font into the correct uh, correct typesetting here, there we go. I can read what's on my screen. You know, reading glasses only go so far. Maybe, you, maybe you've noticed this as well. Uh, welcome to Agritalk this morning. Uh, your pal, Davis Michelson, you, you may have noticed. No, Chip. I don't know. Is it a Lorna Dune kind of day? Is it a, is it a, let's see, what kind of cookie have we not used? I don't know. Chip's not here. Don't worry about it. He'll be back. He'll be back this afternoon. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Anyway, your pal, Davis Michelson, I am delighted to be here with you and glad that you've decided to spend some time with us this morning. It is our Friday free for all. And, um, we, <laughs> Jim came on. We've, we've, we've got Jim here. We've got the uh, the gang shuffling in and getting themselves positioned for the conversation. Jim is fired up, and uh, I kind of feel like a jerk because, uh, I mean, the, it's like save it for the show, you know. Let's 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 keep our powder dry. My man, I guess the lesson is my man is fired up. He's got a lot to talk about, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna lift the uh, the skirt on where we're gonna start with him. It's a mantra that does seem to be uh, seem to be emerging from the GOP. Close the border or close the government. These are not my words. These are the words being tossed around by some up on uh, Capitol Hill. These are (laughs) when we come up against black and white like this, close the border or when you've got this or that. Yikes. There's not a lot of room for compromise there. We need to dig into this. And I know, as I said earlier, Jim Jim is fired up and he is ready to, uh, you know, to get her going. Uh, we've, of course, got Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze himself, on hand. And we've got Chris Gibbs. Um, in my notes here, I have Farmer from Ohio and Chairman of Rural Voices USA. We'll check in with Chris, make sure we've got his info all up to date, and uh, see what he's got on on his mind. So that, that'll be coming up right after we get today's news, uh, where I want to start with the National Weather Service weather outlook. They're expecting light to moderate snow for portions of the southern and central Great Plains, along with localized flash flooding for the Gulf Coast today. That's Friday. Significant icing is possible for portions of the southern and central Appalachians tonight into Saturday. Snow from developing East Coast winter storm to begin affecting interior portions of the mid-Atlantic and northeast on Saturday. A specific, uh, specific, a Pacific storm system may bring renewed rounds of heavy mountain snow and coastal rain to the northwest coast tonight into Saturday. So the weather, the weather pattern is is certainly leaning toward a more active pattern as we saw in the six to ten day and the seven to fourteen day forecasts from the National Weather Service in yesterday afternoon's show. That area of expected below normal um, temperatures is is spreading eastward across the country i mean it's winter time you know what are you gonna do it's it's winter time speaker mike johnson is reportedly considering the possibility of initiating direct negotiations with the biden administration regarding adjustments to border security and immigration policies a recent analysis by the congressional budget office indicates that passing a year-long continuing resolution could result in significant spending cuts, particularly on non-defense expenditures. And when we get Jim Wiesmeyer on here, we're going to open the chute and and let him go on this and help help see if if he can bring some clarity to some of this. And the sad part is, I'm not sure that that clarity is to be brought. There may not be any clarity on this issue. Various USDA agencies have prepared contingency plans for a government shutdown. See, and I don't like the looks of this. If you're preparing Contingency plans 
there, there's at least some level of certainty that those contingency plans will be realized. Moving on, during a government shutdown, in this case, a partial shutdown, impacted government workers, whether furloughed or not, do not receive pay, although they typically receive back pay once the shutdown ends. Well, here's a piece of good news. State officials said fuel retailers in Montana can now sell E15. That's that 15% mix of ethanol into gasoline, leaving California as the only state to hold out against the blend. In a news release on Thursday, Growth Energy CEO Emily Score said the move, quote, is great news for Montana drivers who will soon have access to a lower-cost fuel option at the pump. Interesting that uh, California, the only state to hold out against the uh, the E15 blend. Um, wow, kind of, all right, whatever. In other news, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken left for his fourth trip to the Middle East since the October 7 attack on Israel as part of U.S. efforts to counter growing risks of a broader regional conflict. Israel's defense minister has unveiled plans for the next phase of the war in Gaza, featuring a new combat approach in the north and a sustained focus on targeting Hamas leaders in the enclave's southern territory. The White House revealed that some ballistic missiles fired by Russia at Ukraine in recent days were supplied by North Korea, indicating growing support from North Korea for Russia, which is in violation of a United Nations embargo. This part I don't understand. Um, in violation of a United Nations embargo. Are either... North Korea... Okay, well, maybe North Korea... No, not North Korea and Russia. Are either of these in in the UN at all? So how can we call this a violation? Hmm, I don't know. I'll ask the panel. In 2023, U.S. consumers defied expectations as rising restaurant menu prices did not deter them from dining out. Instead, they continued to enjoy meals at restaurants while cutting back on discretionary spending in areas like clothing and furniture. However, it appears that in the current year, consumers may be inclined to opt for more affordable dining choices. So uh, rather than, uh, you know, cutting back on discretionary spending in clothing and furniture, it's now started to ripple out into um, restaurant and menu expenditures. And I don't think that would surprise anyone. Um, the the surprise is that it, it has taken so long. And really, I don't know that we've even necessarily seen it. We'll, we'll see what the panel's thought is on uh, restaurant demand. The U.N. Food and Ag Organization reported a decline in the U.N. Food Price Index for both December and the entire year of 2023. In December, the index stood at 118.5, marking a 1.5% decrease from November and a significant 10.1 decrease from December 2022. Ooh, quickly here, just a couple more. One of the world's biggest supermarket chains said it would drop several Pepsi product, uh, PepsiCo products from European shelves to protest what it called unacceptable price increases, a rare public standoff between a grocer and food maker after more than two years of rising prices. And finally, heads up, everybody, hospitals across several states, including those in New York, California, Illinois, and Massachusetts, have reimposed masking requirements for patients and staff amid a spike in COVID and flu infections. We are off and rolling here. Jim Wiesmeyer, Sean Haney, Chris Gibbs are on my panel today. Your pal, Davis Michelson, happily moderating in Chip Flory's stead. Lots to get here, get to here. I think we're probably just gonna, gonna open the shoot on Wiesmeyer here on that close the border or close the government concept. That's what's floating around Washington. Agritalk. Lower crop prices and extreme weather can take a toll on your profits and peace of mind. Crop insurance is a powerful tool to not only protect your financial security, but give you confidence to market grain, invest in your operation, and provide for what matters most, your family. At Farmers Mutual Hail, we understand that, so we've created products that allow you to customize plans for up to 95% coverage. It's time to rethink your crop insurance and choose FMH, America's crop insurance company, to protect your livelihood. Visit connect.fmh.com today. To be a farmer is to be an eternal optimist, trusting in the certainty of the seasons, where launching into new frontiers enables us to find new yields. Commodity Classic is where you'll connect with progressive farmers from around the world, just like you, and together we'll explore new frontiers in agriculture. Join us in Houston, February 28th through March 2nd, 2024. Houston, we have no problem. 
Discover more at commodityclassic.com. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private Healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready and health insurance is your financial safety net. Health insurance has never been so easy and affordable. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35,000 or more, give us a call at 800-801-2730. That's 800-801-2730. I taught for 20 years until I started forgetting my lectures. Eventually, he had to quit. Getting his early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard, but it gave us time to take control of the situation together. I can't imagine going through this without him. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Has your child swallowed your medicine, your laundry detergent, your nail polish remover? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you inhaled paint thinner, glue, pesticides? Call the Poison Helpline. Have a question about a dose, a fume, something your kid just drank? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. And welcome to Agritalk, everybody. We are about to pop the top on a Friday free-for-all. Uh, let's let's begin by bringing in... You know what? Let's begin with Chris Gibbs. Chris, good morning, sir. Welcome to uh, to the free-for-all. How are you? Very good. Yourself? Look, looking oh, I'm good. I'm hanging got right the, in there. I'm hanging got, in there, Chris. Uh, we've got cold wet, cold weather here in, the, in Ohio this morning, and I spent the whole morning hauling organic fertilizer. Ah, yes, the organic fertilizer. Uh, so now when, when a farmer in Ohio uses the word cold uh i feel like that probably comes i mean what what is what does it take to make an ohio farmer say the word cold okay all right yeah i i got you it was all the way to 17 it was all the way to 17 so that sounds awful i'm here at 32 degrees in uh way more shirts it wasn't like i was cow yeah i wasn't cowering in the house we were we we were out hitting it so (laughs) oh boy you gotta you gotta stay bold stay bold uh, Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze. What's shaking, buddy? Welcome to AgriTalk. How's it going? Hey, it's it's great, Davis. We're we're a beautiful. We're gonna be thirty eight today. So uh, thirty eight. Yeah, we're wow. way warmer than Ohio. Yeah. Is that now? And that's Celsius too. So that's like two hundred <laughs> degrees, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We're not in what you call Mexico. Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely Fahrenheit. It, it's been, you know, what it, it has been warm all winter for the most part, and uh, the lack of snow on the western Canadian prairies is is yeah definitely uh, continues to be the concern. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Former Policy OG. Um, welcome, sir. Thank you for being here. Let me just start here. The risk of a government shutdown is increasing. Senate and House conservatives demand border security measures in exchange for funding the government. Um, you, uh, you put this out today that the mantra is close the border or close the government. That's coming from the GOP. Um, dude, Jim, uh, help us get our heads around it. Good morning. Let's start Good there. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, you you saw the shift at when the House Republicans uh what 60 of them I guess went down to the border uh this week. Uh House Speaker uh, Mike Johnson, Republican from Louisiana, basically well he said that. So I thought, wow, that is a shift because they were really linking previously 
to a Ukraine, uh, Taiwan uh, uh, aid in Israel. But now they've switched. Now, mostly anyone would say a shutdown uh, is is uh, rarely a win politically for those that cause it. But others are saying this time's different. It's not about spending but about a policy, in this case, the border. So if that's the case, that's why I'm up in my odds for at least a partial government shutdown if they can't come to a sp overall spending agreement uh, January the 19th for those agencies, including USDA. So what's the policy gap? What 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 is the gap between the two sides when it comes to border policy that they can find maybe a compromise on. I know that word is so tough in today's world, but find a compromise on that allows them to avoid the shutdown. Good question. I think that's why Johnson is wanting to deal directly with the White House, because uh, the House Republicans don't like where their Senate counterparts are going on this issue. Now, if the Republicans insist on their bill, H.R. 2, I don't think the White House can stomach uh, that. That's too aggressive. That's why they're talking to see whether or not there is any compromise. But the pressure on Biden to do something is increasing. And that's in The New York Times this morning. Yeah, I saw I saw in The Wall Street Journal. We're, we're talking about like I used to go by the number of 8000 people per day. But I, I read this week 12000 people per day. That's an astonishing number just on a weekly basis that we're dealing with here. Yeah. And you, you think well, about that, how long yeah. that's been going on. That's that's math that goes several decimal points beyond my conception. Chris, I think I heard you piping in. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I want to back up here and make sure we got the nomenclature right. Yeah. The GOP is talking about and they've got a nice soundbite here, shut down the border, shut down the government. And by the way, they were they were down there taking a tour while they were not working on the farm bill, by the way. Mm -hmm. So tell me what shut down the border means when our laws are very clear that we've got asylum laws and it's up to Congress to change those laws. If they want to change 8 U.S. Code 1158 that talks about our asylum laws that requires the government to provide asylum protection for people before they're adjudicated and let them in the United States, then don't call it a policy, Speaker Johnson. Call it the law that you're wanting to avert. I don't understand. Jim, let me know. What is the definition of shut down the border? What in the hell does that mean? Well, does that the, mean the, not follow the law? What's it mean? Yeah, the, the Republicans would counter that. This is just their argument that sure. uh, look at the differential of the migrants coming in between uh, the Trump administration and the Biden administration. Look at the actions that Biden took from day oh, one no, no, no. on modifying the Trump uh, rules and regulations. I think that that's the gambit right there. Well, plus, plus, and I'll, I'll come back here, plus, I'll volley back, Title 42, which says that we can shut this thing down if people are sick, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Trump, in this case, was lucky they had COVID because he could shut it down and point right to 42. And now all of a sudden, 42, it doesn't apply anymore because these people don't all have COVID or we can't say they do. So 42 was overturned. I wouldn't say that that was a policy that 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 the Biden administration just said, OK, we're just going to take 42 off. They were required to by the court. So you well, can't have John both ways. Johnson would counter that. I'm just saying, based on the arguments for sure, him, sure. is that uh, yep. uh, Biden could declare a disaster because of all the the numbers that we talked about earlier. That gives him more leeway sure. to do some of the things that you mentioned. And he's choosing not to do that. And it and, and, and where the, the the money comes into this is what I don't understand is like. I keep on reading and hearing about well, we just don't you know because of the volume of people, we don't have the pros we're not capable of doing the processing at the to to based on the volume that's coming across why are we not putting funding into the people side of this to be able to do this properly according to what the the policy already is that's in place that that's i don't know why we're not addressing because that the, because the gop won't let, won't let, let the gop won't let that happen 
because all of a sudden, if you solve the problem, there's nothing to complain. Well, about. but bo- okay, but to be fair, Chris, both both parties yeah, raise yeah. a tremendous amount of money based on this no, issue. No I, I am question, not sure no that question. either party yeah. has any real willingness to really actually be mature and be the adults and actually solve it. And part of the problem is, is cr- here that it, that is a crux. In that, yep. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Go ahead, Jim. I yeah, think the ahead. possible pinch point here is, I mean, if they declared a, a disaster on the border, well, now isn't that Democrats having to declare their own policies disastrous? They can't do that. Yeah, they. I mean, they use the word challenge. Yeah, they will not. If you heard Mayorkas <laughs> interview on uh, Fox News uh, yesterday, he would not say it's a disaster. He would only say it's a challenge. Okay. They don't call okay. it a disaster. I mean, so, well, it's, yeah, it's it's politicized. Well, There's no doubt about it. But but I don't I don't think I think the majority majority would say this is not primarily a funding issue. It's it's a uh, 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 it, it is a you know, call it whatever you want. It's rules and regulations, policy, et cetera. Uh, because of the vast difference between uh, Trump and and Biden. Uh, Some of the Republicans uh, say Biden should just go back to the way Obama did the border Mm. if they don't want to go back to Trump. And I think that's a fair argument there. Okay, so what what is that like? Remind us, Jim. Right. Well, he deported even a lot more and he got into Obama got into trouble with some of the so-called progressive wing uh, wing of the party uh, that way. But some of some of the changes that the Democrats have done, I, I should say the White House, not in this case, the, the the questionnaires that they ask for these migrants have been uh, have been uh, uh, it used to take a half a day to uh, interview some of these people. And now it's down to five questions. So that was a strategic change just made a few weeks ago. And that's one of those questions. Does it happen to be have you or are you now ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Is that question? in there? I don't know. But they're, the they're coming in. They're coming in. I doubt it because they're coming in, in uh, uh, a lot now as a result of that of only f- five questions. It only takes like a half an hour. Why would that not Very be easy. the first question? Am I crazy? Am I crazy and protectionist? Haney? Gibbs? We smile. I don't know that. We're in crazy times. We're in crazy times. We are in crazy times. Crazy times indeed. Uh, we'll, we'll come back. We'll refire the conversation. Lots more to talk about. Thank you so much for being with us on AgriTalk. We got Chris Gibbs. We got Sean Haney. And we got Jim Wiesmeyer. And, of course, your pal, Davis Michelson here. I'm in for Chip this morning. He'll be back this afternoon. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine right here on AgriTalk. When we told growers that Bayer Premium Trifold Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. That's why AARP created thisispretirement.org. Because unless you've already retired, you're in pretirement and you still have time to plan. Learn about retirement savings options, potential tax breaks, and how you can build savings over time. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan and feel the retirement fear disappear. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Time for Markets Now with the experts from Pro Farmer. And joining us now, Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Uh, Beads, right now I'm looking at corn under pressure. Beans, in fact, the entire bean complex under pressure. Wheat remains resilient. What's going on here in the grains? Yeah, so uh, start with corn and beans. Uh, you know, they d- didn't really need a, a reason for the funds to be more active sellers here to finish up the first week of the year. But, uh, um, you know, the export sales numbers, weekly export sales, were marketing your lows for both corn and soybeans this morning and well below expectations. Now, the expectations were probably too high because uh, of Christmas, you know, the week involved Christmas. Uh, and But 
still, um, the numbers against expectations were very poor. And, and like I said, marketing gear lows. So that's adding some fundamental pressure to both of those markets. But you also mentioned that uh, meal futures and soy oil futures are under pressure as well. And, and so that's contributing to that negative tone in those markets. Wheat, on the other hand, uh, while the, the export sales number wasn't uh, terrific by any means, um, they're continuing on with their corrective buying that we've seen here uh, the past couple days. And, and so um, trying to push to the upside, we'll see uh, who wins out in this battle, corn and beans to the downside or wheat to the upside. Absolutely. Well, and, and right now, if we're talking battles, I've got the livestock winning just about everything. Yeah, so the cattle market, I'll start there. Um, you know, the, we've seen higher cash cattle trade in the northern market, uh, still waiting on active movement in the southern plains. But uh, it looks like uh, when all is said and done, we'll have another week uh, of gains in the cash market. So that would be uh, three in a row. And it uh, looks like uh, um, we're headed uh, higher uh, as we move through the, uh, the first quarter here. Hog futures also working to the upside uh, as they narrow up the uh, premiums to the, the the cash index. That's Brian Grady on Markets Now. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Ready for our little forest adventure? Yes! We're here. Whoa, that was fast. There's a forest closer than you think. Find a park or forest near you and music inspired by nature at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by USDA Forest Service and the Ad Council. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Roger that, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson here behind the big green leafy microphone of AgriTalk on this Friday, Friday, Friday. Um, we're we're going to stick a fork in the border conversation because we can go around and round <laughs> and round. Uh, however, I will just, just throw out this number here. Um, Jim dug this one up for us earlier this week. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials report there were 302,000 migrant encounters in December the highest number of illegal crossings ever recorded in a month, 302,000 just in December alone. Um, as I said, we're going to leave that right there. I promised we would. Uh, the United States enters the new year with record national debt, surpassing $34 trillion, marking a grim fiscal milestone. Uh, Chris, Jim, Sean, who wants who wants to start us on this one? Well... Well, Very little, if anything, will be ahead, done about it. But like a lot of issues uh, uh, that are pending, like the farm bill, the debt issue is going to be bumped to 2025 after the election, as will the farm bill, although this is a, a growing issue. Uh, but they're just, you know, the, usually the Republicans before Trump always talked about the debt, but uh, Trump didn't. And I don't see any can, uh, any presidential candidate mentioning this uh, in the debates and otherwise. So it's just going to keep increasing. It, it's a message that people do, people just don't want to hear. Yeah. And, and, and Jim, we've been talking about that. Like it, it seemed like there was a, a touch of a period of time, maybe going back like six, nine months where it seemed like the fiscal hawks were kind of coming out and it was a little bit more potentially a bit more trendy and it, it's really backed off. Yes. Well, I think, Chris, I think part thought? of that, part mm -hmm. of that, it, yeah, part of it or much of it, we can't talk about the debt without talking about the strong economy. And I, I know we've got um, applications for uh, for unemployment down. We've got record unemployment. Um, everything's moving. Every truck on the planet, if you if you if you drive out on the highway, every semi in the planet is out there. Every trailer is 
stuff is moving. So as we increase economic activity, certainly we're supporting that debt more. But I agree that nobody's going to talk about that unless it absolutely hurts individuals and interest rates are starting to come down. We're not, the government's not um, uh, needing a lot of money so that there's no money for anybody else to borrow. So we got a lot of economic activity and that's going to offset that debt. Yeah, but with with unemployment kind of holding at what um, the number it did this morning, um, you know, it it doesn't really. I, I sort of thought right away that you know, sort of an indication that rates are not going to go down as as maybe quickly as some people are 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 thinking, and maybe we won't see some of the we won't see some of those rate cuts until we see that see that unemployment number go up more. That and that that's not good for yeah, that's, if you're cheering for strong, strong, strong economic activity in 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 twenty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, think, I, mean, I think you're going back to what the Phillips curve, where where <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, where higher unemployment leads to higher inflation, or I mean, higher employment leads to higher inflation. Um, and the way to and the way to bring inflation down is to get less people working. Uh, I'm not sure that flies anymore, mm-hmm. but we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, we've got uh, in 2023 bankruptcies increased by 18 percent. Um, higher interest rates, of course, stricter lending standards, and the gradual reduction of pandemic-related financial assistance. Um, so that the numbers on that roughly 445,000 bankruptcy filings in 2023 in the U.S. It compares to 378,000 in uh, 2022. This is where we're starting to see it. But uh, Haney, I'm I'm curious. There, there's been a lot of you know, sort of hands thrown up in the air and a lot of concern over the American consumers spending too much credit card debt, too much this, too much spending, yada, yada, yada. Uh, what does it look like for the consumer in Canada? Are you are you, are you all in basically the same boat up there? Or are you handling your, your personal credit issues a little better than we are, apparently? Absolutely not. <laughs> the, the, the Canadian consumer has been much more touched by the interest rate increases. And, and part of the reason for that is that mortgages are much more shorter in nature. We have more, more common is like a five-year mortgage uh, amortized over a longer period of time, but a five-year reset on the rate compared to like in the US where it, it, you know, 30, right? And, and so our jobs number this morning, we were up, get ready for it. We were up a hundred net jobs. Everybody was expecting 13,500 according to analysts, but being up all uh, up only a hundred. And I think the unemployment rate was flat at 5.8%. I would say the US economy is, is hopping at a much better clip and a lot more of a positive story than what is happening in, in, in Canada right now. More positive even um, than that. Jim, your thoughts? I just think uh, now that the majority are saying it looks like we're going to have a soft landing, that gets me nervous. I just mm. I see elements of some of the economic reports begin to showing a cooling uh, down. It's not reflected in the job numbers. That's history. That's December. Mm. So if that's the case, uh the uh, Fed better be on hold before they do anything. Then they'll start chopping later on the second half of the year. So I, I just uh, hope I'm wrong. But for any recession to occur, watch your transportation industry, watch mm-hmm. FedEx, and watch uh, Starbucks. If their sales uh, uh, and profits uh, go down, that's uh, the best forecaster I've seen over the years for a recession. Well, yeah, we, we, I, it, it, Jim, we got on. warehouse vacancy rates in the U.S. They've reached yes. the highest point since yeah. the onset of the pandemic, right? Yeah. What are they up by a 5.2% compared to 4.6 in the previous quarter. So, you know, that's that's not a strong in, in, in indication at, at all. And if, and if we see inflation cool and wage costs go higher, that leads to you, you, you can't you, you can't pass on the cost based because inflation's coming down. And so that leads to layoffs. And so that kind of fits into Jim's concern here about what happens in Q1 and Q2 as as the economy tries to deal with some of uh, the, the current situation. Yep. Um, let, let's move on to some of these tensions in the Middle East here. Um, you know, I was all set with this sort of thing about, you know, there was there was an explosion at some celebrations in Iran, uh, you know, committed by probably actors that definitely don't blow up 
pipelines underwater. Uh, but then it turns out ISIS takes credit for this. Jim, is this right? ISIS takes yeah. credit for the Iranian bombings. This has nothing yeah, to do that's, with anybody. No, that's it's their long term battle. Yeah. That's their long term huh. battles on this one. Yeah, they t- they took credit for it. And much like, again, the Fed is watching these energy prices and the spot rates for shipping uh, goods. I mean, they're they're up a lot, uh, hugely uh, compared to before the crisis began, uh, mm-hmm. 173%, mm-hmm. you know, uh, North America's East Coast, they're, they're up 52%. So you better watch this. Mm-hmm. Chris, um, I don't know how how closely you pay attention to the China situation, but uh, I'm pretty sure you watch the news every once in a while at least. Taiwanese Defense Ministry reports four Chinese balloons floating across the self-ruled island ahead of a pivotal election. We got Chinese balloons over Taiwan now, buddy. You, any thoughts? Well, yeah, yeah, and and that's fine, but it's both factual and metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Trial balloons, just to see what'll happen, just to let, just to let. Taiwan know, hey, we're still here. We're still mm-hmm. here. And I don't see anything. I don't see anything other than that. There's there's no way in the world um, under present circumstances that President Xi is going to go into Taiwan. Mm-hmm. The, the whole if if if, if the coal, just take the coalition that we saw um, with Ukraine and Russia between the U.S. and the NATO partners. Take that times a multiple of of the of the countries that would come to the defense of, of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. That's metaphorical and actual. Those balloons. Let's don't don't get excited about that. But yeah. don't you have to ask the question based on the current situation. And I have no idea what they're going to do, but I I do wonder. It's kind of a chaotic time. You you got what's happening with with Israel. You have what's happening with Russia Ukraine. Wouldn't the timing be like? Great, not, not great, but for from China's perspective, appropriate to to do something like that because the, the U.S. foreign affairs is like going in a thousand different directions here. Well, China yeah. primarily did it well, ahead of Taiwan yeah. elections. That's really the reason they did that. They're sending the signal yeah. to the uh, so-called independence in in Taiwan. That that's it, it was a domestic uh, you know consideration on China and Taiwan relations. This is exactly why that NATO and the U.S. has to continue to stay strong behind Ukraine because Xi is watching what happens in Ukraine. Putin is watching what happens in Ukraine and hoping for a dissolution of of our partnership with NATO, of our resolve. And that will have, will send a signal to how long Xi can hold out based on if our partnership re- dissolves behind Ukraine and other conflicts. So that's why we have to stay strong. We have to continue to support Ukraine financially and get off the ball when it comes to uh, Congress goofing around and using that for a bargaining chip. Boy, it feels like it's getting expensive, though, Chris. It really does. Democracy is expensive. Security is expensive. But yeah. the alternative is much more expensive. Yeah. yeah. And, and to that point, Davis, well it, yes, a lot of money. But remember, a lot of that money stays in the U.S. from, mm, from a manufacturing exactly right. of, of weapons standpoint. So it's just yeah. not a, a check being sent over. It's not an e-transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as thanks Big for, Apple Joe points out here, we, you know, it would. It would help the American consumer get a little buy-in here if we could if we could actually see some positive results or perhaps even just a modicum of accountability for, for where this money is going. Uh, we are fired up. Free for all. AgriTalk. This is Andrew McRae, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in their industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends from grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com. 
Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We work around it and we live around it every day. And we just become desensitized to what's around us. We go through safety training and, you know, we try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen, but you just never know. There are so many farmers that I think take for granted all of the underground utilities that are there. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. I mean, we kind of know what's out here, but all at the same time, you, you just always call. Farm Safe 811 starts with you. Whether you're installing drain tile or doing any sort of digging, always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked and have the depth confirmed. That's farming with care. But if a line does get damaged, go somewhere safe and call 911. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Scammers often try to dupe veterans to steal the VA benefits they've earned. Scammers may try to obtain sensitive information or collect payments over the phone, offer to move assets in order to qualify for pension, insist benefits may be sent directly to a friend or caregiver, or promise to manage benefits or file a claim for you. VA will never charge you for processing a claim, and only VA can determine eligibility. To report suspicious activity, visit va.gov forward slash OIG forward slash hotline. The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. We know this past year has been challenging in many ways, but as agriculture continues to adapt, we are right there with you. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Join me each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. I'm Reba McIntyre. Growing up in Oklahoma, I had big dreams of becoming a successful country music singer. But I also knew the odds were against me and that I needed an education to fall back on. Studying never got in the way of my dreams. In fact, school gave me lots of opportunities I wouldn't have had otherwise with my career. Please stay in school and try your best. You never know where a good education might take you. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Cancer can feel like something we can't do anything about, but you can. There are screening tests that can catch cancer early when it may be easier to treat. Begin cervical screening at age 25. At 45, start colorectal and breast screening. At 50, discuss lung screening with a doctor. Find resources for free and low-cost screening at cancer.org slash get screened. This is a public service message from the American Cancer Society. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. In fact, we are live right now. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Your pal Davis Michelson in here moderating the Friday for Reaperall. Chip will be back this afternoon. Jim Wiesmeyer, Chris Gibbs, and Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze, join today. Jim, 
Uh, you wrote earlier this week, car makers are concerned about the potential negative impact on U.S. electric vehicle sales if the Inflation Reduction Act is scrapped. What? The Inflation Reduction Act scrapped? What is this? Well, that's one. That, this is what CEOs of companies have been asking me for the last six months. If yeah. Trump were were president again, what are some of these things he could do? And Trump has just said he would he would take an axe to a lot of those provisions and mm -hmm. that's you know that's the nervousness right there uh i don't see why more and more people are not and i'm just i'm trying to i'm i'm diplomatic here both mm -hmm. both on both sides uh, why the republicans uh non-trump candidates have not focused on his universal tariff is beyond me because if trump were president he's saying there would be at least a 10 percent across the board tariff on mm -hmm. all uh, exporters to this country. If you want a recession, that's the way to do it. And you don't yeah. think that'll impact agriculture? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. we're gonna watch those that's, that that's Iowa exactly debate. Exactly right. We're gonna watch that Iowa debate, and we won't hear boo about it. it. Really, Chris Christie's the only one that's really will bring it up. Maybe. Um, I don't know why Nikki Haley's not. Um, she should be. Yes. And you know that that's and, and I think on the IRA when it comes to EVs, that that is looking so that should be a concern. Um, if uh, uh, re-elected President Trump does get rid of the IRA, but there's a lot of other pieces of the IRA. Uh, it also impacts things like renewable diesel plant expansion. Uh, there's a lot of capital being drug into the U.S. market. For to like it, it, it is more. It is a jobs bill as much as anything else. And, and so, it, 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 to just scrap it, it better be replaced with something else on, on some of these other elements where it has had a real positive impact that it, agriculture would, would be supporting some of those things outside of just like the EV discussion. Yeah, because if you don't have biodiesel and SAF uh, uh, incentives, okay, that, that industry implodes. 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I go back to um, what Governor DeSantis said on AgriTalk just a few weeks ago talking about you know, you get one guy in and he's, okay, well, we're we're going to do all of this via executive order. And then the next guy comes in and flips all of that. And then the next guy comes in and flips all of that. And we don't have a consistent, you know, long-term policy on some of these issues that we absolutely desperately need here. Yeah, um, that's called it, Europe. That's called Europe. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how Europe goes. Well, yeah, you need to codify. Functional Congress. Too. Yeah, you need to codify. Absolutely. You, and the, the Supreme Court is trying to scream it out. Why are you bringing all these things to us when this is a congressional matter? Mm -hmm. That's what they're saying. And is so is this what has this decodification, might you call it? I mean, is the end result then? People saying things like, well, we're probably not going to get a farm bill in 2024. People saying things like, you know, pass the spending or shut down the border, fund the government or, or you know, shut down the border or whatever. I mean, is is that what this sort of government, did we get the government we deserve, Jim? Is this what we get? You get a 50-50 where you get, don't get anything done. We, yeah. we need a true minority party uh, yeah. that that can't throw throw darts at, at progress. So one of the political parties are going to make a major mistake or several mistakes. And it, it's not a question of if it's when. And that's when you'll start to see the pull away of either political party uh, as a true minority party. And, uh, you know, you'll know, you know, get this country going again. So, mm -hmm. Jim, do you think me, that, do you think that Joe Lieberman will they'll, he will be able to organize a no labels candidate for for this election? I'll tell you what's got them both Trump and Biden afraid is uh, if Manchin were to run in that party, because more than a few independents and uh, uh, and on and on the Democrat and Republican side would probably vote for for that party if that were the case. Yeah, I heard, I heard Lieberman on the radio yesterday, David, and he and he said that this election may be more so than ever a no labels candidate could even potentially th th if there's a if there's an election to run a no labels candidate it is this one cuz yeah. both 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 sides appear to be picking a candidate 
that has very low popularity. People you know, would like other choices, and and we'll see if no labels can get organized on that. Agree. Now, everybody says, you know, points out that Trump is ahead in the poll. He ought to be way ahead. I mean, look at Nikki Haley versus Biden. She's up 15 percentage points or more, where Trump is, what, three or four percentage points? That's margin of error. So yeah. that shows you weakness in his yeah. candidacy right there. Davis, you talked about what what's going to be the you, you talked about what's going to be the result of a dysfunctional Congress. I, yeah. I think it's much worse than that because from a voter's perspective, we talked about uh, war in the Middle East, we talked about China, we talked about all of these perils that people yep. see on border. the news every day. And yep. w- border, by the way, and yep. what that does to the voter is that they end up looking for a strong man. They end up looking for somebody that has and tells them simple solutions to problems. I'll fix this. I'll do that. I'll do this. Day one, did a dictator, yeah. yada, yada, yada. So what happens, and this is the, this is the result of a dysfunctional Congress, is that the voter will drift to a strong man, and that leads directly, I hate to get too far into the weeds here, but that leads directly to an autocratic administration mm. where the strong man gets voted in and just starts doing executive orders, bam, 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 I'll fix this, I'll fix that, I'll fix that. The American voter need to be very, very aware and cautious of that. Mm, mm. It's going to take a unique kind of leader. Chris, um, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to start with you. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. We're going to run out of time here uh, if we're not super careful here. Can you um, just give us something that you're you're hopeful about in 2024? Anything at all? Absolutely. I'll tell you what, and thanks for, thanks for the opening up. My uh, glyphosate costs, my chemical costs were down 55% this year for 24. I just bought them last week and the week before. 28 was down 48%, 28% nitrogen. Ammonium sulfate was down 30%. Rock and roll, I'm ready to plant corn. Outstanding, (laughs) sir. Chris Gibbs has been with us. Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze, we appreciate your time this morning, sir. Have a great day. Yeah, everybody have themselves a great weekend. And Jim Weissmeyer, of course, Pro Farmer Policy OG. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for your time this morning. See American Soybean Association growers in Florida next week. Ooh, ASA in Florida. I am your pal, Davis Michelson. So happy to be in here for Chip. He will be back this afternoon where he will have a very exciting conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. AgriTalk. When you're planting, having the right scale system on your bulk fill planter or drill pays for itself. Use Point from ScaleTech to verify proper seeding rates and make money-saving adjustments on the fly. Not to mention monitor your seed supply with pinpoint accuracy. You could guess, but why? Instead of checking your hoppers manually, keep your tractor moving and let Point do the work. Save time and money with Point. Visit ScaleTech.com to learn more. There's danger out there. It lurks on highways and quiet neighborhood streets. It's more likely to kill you than a shark and more terrifying than the biggest snake. Distracted driving claims lives every day. Every notification, swipe, social post, video, or selfie while driving risks your life. So while you might think public speaking or the zombie apocalypse is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.